Here we go! What's up everyone, welcome to Beyond Nintendo. This is the podcast for you if you're into Nintendo games, reviews, first impressions, and all of the above. Grab yourself a brew, let's get into it, and let's talk Nintendo. So in today's show, we're going to be going over some of the news that I've uh, managed to get a hold of. And also, we're going to be discussing Mario Kart Live Circuit, Mario Kart Home Live Circuit from a... Well, hopefully they're now a listener. They've decided to send me a review over on Facebook. I really appreciate that. And I'm really, really thankful for your review uh, and i'll obviously give a big shout out to them a little bit later as we get into it and there's a good reason why i've asked someone to do a bit of a a product review for me uh simply because i don't have the product so and it's like a hundred pound here in the uk so i kindly did ask someone who was advertising on a nintendo facebook group um and they kindly agreed but we'll get into that very shortly so first up let's talk the outer worlds now we did speak over the weekend how the Outer Worlds was getting a patch. Well, the patch is out and it's version 1.2. Now, if anybody who remembers or knows, the Outer Worlds has received mixed praise, if you like, or mixed reviews on Nintendo Switch. And it's mixed indeed. Um, but, you know, it's nice to see that Private Division and, and the guys who ported it over are still looking after the game and trying to get it to somewhat a decent playable standard. Um, so this is from Nintendo Everything. Really appreciate this. The uh, Outer Worlds long-awaited update finally arrives live on Switch. Version 1.2 is out now, including a number of improvements, changes, and fixes. Below is the full patch notes. Feature in- features include in this update are implemented half-resolution SSOAO, um, implemented clouds in Skybox, replace SSR with Sphere Reflection Capture, disabled subsurface profile shading, added depth of field con- uh, conversion camera, changes and fixes including this update, are limit- limited the max instance count for sounds to improve CPU performance, adjusted the volume threshold to sounds to improve CPU performance, pack textiles to save memory, optimized materials for environment and terrain, optimized and added more vegetation to the world, added details to the world's building, used normal map textures instead of triangles for objects, redesigned some buildings, meshes rebuilt for improved visuals, light texture stream rebuilt, fixed character AI issues, improved the streaming performance to fix the building dark issue players experience and some texture blur issues so that's a list of the full patch notes it's well i haven't really got much to say on this except from it's nice that they've updated a lot of the graphics because that was one of the biggest sticking points with the outer worlds is the graphical fidelity compared to other of course compared to other models it was always going to suffer but this one suffered a lot. And we've seen great games being ported over to the Switch. And those great games look fairly solid. You know, I'll take an example of a game that I'm trying to get through to do a Beyond Rewind. It's uh, Dragon Quest XI-S. That game is A, huge. But B, it's a good looking game. Admittedly, it's a slightly different style. But still, you look at any th- first party Nintendo software and they all look great. You know, Breath of the Wild being the prime example. Yes, there's slowdown. Yes, there's issues. But it still looks good. Again, different style, but still. But that's not my kind of point with this. I feel 
that the Outer Worlds may have been that game that they probably shouldn't have ported, but it's nice to see that they've got a patch. And I'd like to know from you folks that are listening, if you've got the Outer Worlds and if it's something that, well, quite frankly, you're glad of the patch. It's a full graphic update by the sounds of things. Let's hope the DLC also comes across if they're going to continue to support it. But yes, so that is the Outer Worlds. It's received the patch. Please let me know over on the uh, Twitter and everywhere else. I'll give you the full links and all that a little bit later in the show so you can shout at me on social media. I feel this show this week and the midweek one may be a little bit short um, because, you know, it's quite quiet. And unfortunately for me, I just haven't had a lot of time to sit down and play games. But one game that I wish I could play on Switch, but I've only got it on PC, is The Witcher 3. And even Thronebreaker, The Witcher Tales, is have been updated. So this is a bit of an update. It's an update, update news. Um, Nintendo enthusiasts have got it. It's only been a year since The Witcher 3, The Wild Hunt, was miraculously converted to the Switch uh, platform. The port from Saber Interactive brought an absolute massive open-world RPG to the system. Probably the biggest to date. Now, patch update 3.7 has been deployed that makes a few notable changes. Additionally, Thronebreaker, The Witcher Towers, has received an update as well. First off, the save transfer bug for Witcher 3 has been sorted out. This could occur when players attempted to bring the existing PC saves from Steam and GOG versions. Where the issue cropped up, it blocked further progress being made in the Switch version of The Witcher 3. On a bit of a tangent, I didn't realise The Witcher actually supported that kind of... um, Cross save. I know the Divinity Original Sin 2, which is a fantastic game, by the way, also going to be happening on a Beyond Rewind. Um, I didn't realise The Witcher 3 had this. That's great. Put it down. I'm, I'm hoping it's, you know, both ways that you can transfer your save up and down. That's my up is to Steam and down is to um <laughs> to Switch. I don't I don't know what that was, but it's it's cool. Nonetheless, it's really, really cool that I think that there are games now slowly supporting this idea that we don't just play on one platform. It's nice to be able to go, doink, right, I'm going to carry on to my next one. You know, that very kind of Stadia-esque style of, right, I'm going to turn off this one, play on a different screen. I know it's not cloud streaming service, but you get my point. I mean, even though it was a reach. Uh, the, the article goes on, the simplified Chinese language option has been cha- has also seen some changes in update 3.7. The fonts and localization options have been altered to provide a better experience for players in that region. Finally, The Witcher 3 on Switch contains your typical footnotes of numerous bug features and improved game stability. My, meanwhile, 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 the Thronebreaker... The Thronebreaker? No, how about Thronebreaker... The Witcher Tales update 1.02 adds a notable fixes of cross-save, allowing you to transfer your Switch save from Steam to GOG. Again, bugs, bug fixes, bugs fixes, stability improvements, and also stated on the patch notes. So, I mean, it's really good. I think that's uh, an excellent thing. I mean, I haven't played The Witcher uh, Thronebreaker. I've played Gwent. Gwent's an incredible game, and I'm going to do a little thing at the end of this, and Gwent will come up again. But um, having cross-save, I think, is... Especially if you've got games on other platforms, I think it's got to be kind of a bit of a must. I'm not so, I'm not like the biggest cross play person. I mean, if, you know, because companies do get funny about their precious ecosystems. Um, but I genuinely 
think a cross-save feature for games like The Witcher, Divinity Original Sin 2, even things like Doom, uh, you know, are, are, are solid choices. I, I genuinely do. I think it's a, a move forward. And I'm, before anybody shouts at me um, over on my social media, I'm not saying that, um, how do I put it? I'm not saying that cross-play isn't a good thing, but I'd rather have cross-save, especially in these big RPGs, um, you know, and it just, it just makes sense. You know, I, I think if you could get something like Dragon Quest 11 S with cross save and when it drops on the Xbox store later this year and it's on Epic coming to Epic or you get it on Steam or something, you're on your PS4 and you can play it on your Switch and then you can play it on your other consoles and stuff. It, I think it'd be a great selling point more than just, you know, backwards compatibility, even though like backwards compatibility is a solid, a solid shout, but actual cross save, I think is, is huge selling point for systems going forward. And I don't think we'll get it as much as I want it, but I think we should. Um, I think it should be a, a bit of a standard. So there you go. Anybody who is playing The Witcher 3 on Switch, I'd love to know your thoughts and feelings. And same with Thronebreaker. Is it, a, is it something that's worth gra grabbing? I know it's like a story of, with you know, and the style of combat is with Gwent, which is, to me, sounds perfect. But there we go. Um, Kirby Fighters 2 demo is also available, and this is available worldwide. So on the weekend show, we'll have a review of the demo. Nintendo and HAL Laboratory recently brought Kirby Fighters 2 to the Switch. But if you haven't purchased the game yet, you still can give it a shot. That's because a new demo is available worldwide. Simply visit the eShop for access, and here's a trailer promoting uh, demo too. Thank you to Nintendo Everything for this one as well. We'll play a little bit of the trailer. I haven't seen any of this, to be fair. Um, I don't really know what Kirby Fighters is. I'm guessing it's Kirby Fighters. Fighters that are Kirby. <laughs> I'm guessing. So you can choose from four fighters, chapter one, a buddy match duo. This looks like um, Kirby Smash, which is really weird. That's strange so is it like a bro it's it's kirby brawler that's crazy that looks quite fun as well um yeah so kirby smash i might be wrong but there's a demo now available so you can go pick it up if you wish um and the multiplayer horror dead by daylight gets a graphics update halloween event and more so if you don't know what dead by daylight is dead by daylight is a dead by baby Dead by Daylight is a fantastic style of game where you play uh, with three, with four other people, and five other people, sorry. And there's four people trying to fix generators and basically trying to get out of the arena while the other person is the killer. And it's up to the killer to come and kill the other people while they're trying to do the escape. So Nintendo Live here have got this one for us, and it's Behavior Interactive has released a brand new content for its one v four asymmetrical multiplayer horror, Dead by Daylight. The update adds a new tome called Unleashed, a new Halloween curse collection of in-game cosmetics, a limited time event for Halloween, a massive graphic overhaul. It's all been detailed in a handy roundup below. So um, I think, yeah, Dead by Daylight is one of those games that you want to play on other systems. If you've got it on Switch and you haven't got it on anything else, then fine. But it's one of those games that you probably want to be playing on another system because it is a better looking game. But it sounds like they're addressing the issues here in this update. So we've got a new Tome Unleashed. This Tome allows players to unlock memories for the Hillbilly, Nia Klaassen, the Blight, um, the Blight story explored deeper as the player have access to the conclusion of the original Hallowed Blight event from Storyline from 2018, as well as all past Hallowed Blight lore content. 
For the first time since the archive's inception, a brand new Halloween-themed challenge type is introduced. Interacting with the uh, Pusulita plants, Pulsula plants, I don't know, once selected in the RS webs, players will will have to work with the plants to complete the challenge. Within the tome, players will have uh, will be able to earn four progressive glowing those plants again charms across four levels players will also enjoy 30% off um, Oryx cells price on characters Adam Francis and the clown between 21st of October and the 28th to celebrate the release um, I don't know much about the, the the shop or the cosmetics or the, you know but it sounds like there's characters in the shop that you can buy and I'm guessing Oryx cells are going to be the premium currency of Deadlight by, Dead by Daylight we got the new Halloween store collection, The Hollowed Curse. The store welcomes a new and exciting collection called Halloween Cursed. Um, that includes the iconic set, set, set titled Scorched Ghostface from this Halloween-themed collection and available exclusively in the Rifts is the Ruffin outfit for David King. Players can also get their hands on two of these add-ons by partaking in the Rift community-inspired Never Stop Slashing outfit for the Legion is available through the free track while the Unleashed collection can be obtained via the premium track. And I'm guessing if you're not sure what the premium track is, it's going to be a battle pass system. A lot of games these days are obviously adopting the battle pass system where you have one free tier and then you have one premium tier. I always do get a little bit antsy with games that are charging X amount, and I'm not sure how much Dead by Daylight is actually on the Switch. I'm just going to find out. So doing a quick search on the old goggle, it does seem it's ranging anything between 20 to 25 pounds, but still, I mean, even though it's not a full price game, it's a game that's been out for a while and other, other platforms as well, but it's still got multiple different ways of to, of to, they've still got multiple ways to essentially get money out of the player base with or excels, you know, cosmetics and everything else. And I know I can sit here and grumble all I like, and I can be like, pitchforks at the ready but it isn't going to change the gaming industry just because one british person or one british pleb is sitting here with his keyboard in front of him going rah 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 about cosmetics and microtransactions and everything it's there it's just a thing that i don't like um don't like haven't liked still won't like try not to partake in it i don't see the point and those those tracks are designed to keep you playing the game for as long as possible and i'm I'm really difficult just to stick with one game. There was a point where I went I went through Destiny and I played Destiny quite hard and I did pick up the the, the premium track, if you like, through that. But it felt worth it because I was playing Destiny pretty much every day. But I don't see the point in general. But, you know, what am I to comment on on those things? You got the Halloween event, the Eternal Blight. So I'm going back to the article now. That was a very quick switch. Starting now and running till November 4th, players can enjoy the new Halloween in-game event because remember, October is Halloween month. The Eternal Blight, this event features the new survivor and killer add-ons, including the first universal killer add-on, a dangerous chemical compound called Blight Serum, allows the killer to use the power Blighted Rush. So, you know... If you haven't played this one, this is what Nintendo Life is saying. If you haven't played this one on the Switch, we should mention that we came away with mixed feelings when taking it through its paces for review. Hopefully the graphical update will clear some issues we had, but recommend reading our thoughts before diving in. I'd recommend reading any thoughts and feelings because it's a it's a game when it first released was really different. I mean, not really different. We've seen things 
you know, different kind of 1v4 style games, but this one seems to have stuck and seems to be going well, if that makes sense. Um, but I think Dead by Daylight on the Switch is, again, it, it suffers the, the typical usual performance issues. And yeah, like Nintendo Life have said, and I kind of agree, hopefully the graphical overhaul has done the trick. I haven't got anything about the graphical overhaul here, unfortunately, um, but hopefully that is going to make the game a better running game. It's especially competitive online kind of games. The Switch doesn't really hand itself too well because of the processing power, the graphical fidelity, fidelity some of these games require to really make it a good online competitive experience. I don't know, again, whether Dead by Daylight is the, the right game to be ported. I mean, on Metacritic, not that I really take much notice of Metacritic, it's got a 61% score on Metacritic with a user score of 3.1. So take that as you will. It's an interesting thought to go forwards, but that's only, I, I don't know if that's what system that was. Uh, and it is the Switch, it's the Switch system. So the Switch system, I apologize uh, for Dead by Daylight, has a meta score of six, 61 from 10 critic reviews and a 41, uh, 41 ratings is a 3.1. And the critic reviews, Switch player said it gave it an 18, Nintendo 70, Attack of the Fanboy 70, G, COG Connected 864, Cube 3 60, Eurogamer Italy 60, Nintendo Life 60, so there you go. Everyeye.it 58, Multiplayer.it 40 and games spew for uh 40 so yeah that's kind of the thing and then you know the user scores are as they are um zeros for some reason but i'm not going to go into the zero scores but that's dead by daylight it's got big overhaul graphic overhaul i've given you the rundown of the scores if you've got it and you enjoy it on switch nice one if you haven't and you've got a chance to pick it up on another platform Probably pick up on another platform is my recommendation. And it seems like I've just talked about um, how good it is to have cross-play and cross-progression, all that kind of stuff. And Ubisoft Connect ecosystem to support cross-play and cross-progression. Immortals Phoenix Rising cross-progression confirmed. So this is from Nintendo Everything. It, um, it, so this is Ubisoft's Legend of Zelda, Breath of the Wild, a more of Phoenix Rising kind of game. Looks very, it's very Ubisoft, open world kind of thing, but has that Breath of the Wild feel about it. I'm not sitting here and saying it's the next Breath of the Wild by any means. I'm just, you know, kind of going on what my gut feeling was when I watched the trailer. But Nintendo Everything have said to us that Ubisoft is looking to make all of its future games supported by cross-play and cross-progression. Ubisoft's company, the new, uh, sorry, Ubisoft, Ubisoft Connect, the new company's new ec ecosystem for player services or for all Ubisoft games across all platforms will support the functionality. Here's a bit of information about Ubisoft Connect. So Ubisoft Connect, if it hasn't come across clear enough, is their ecosystem to allow players to play games on all platforms and carry on from where you got to. So with this, Ubisoft Connect is an ecosystem of players service for all Ubisoft games across all platforms. It is a unification improvement of the Ubisoft Club, our loyalty program, and you play our desktop act, act app. Jesus. Across all platforms, it aims to give a better environment for all players to enjoy their games and connect with others with whatever device. I wonder if Ubisoft Connect will become the new app. You know, they'll get rid of Uplay. Uplay is, is, is a dumpster fire. It's horrible. It's one of the worst launches on PC. It really is. Um, 
I only have it installed because I have to because of certain games I play, but it is a dumpster fire. <laughs> There's no getting away from it. All Ubisoft live games and releases will support Ubisoft Connect services and loyalty program. On our back catalog games, you'll be able to access Ubisoft Connect services, stats, leaderboards, smart intel when applicable. Whatever smart intel is, it sounds like some kind of spying spying thing. It's a Ubisoft spying division, smart intel. But the challenge system is inactive. As a consequence, we've decided to offer you all rewards for the on these games. You now have more than a thousand rewards or 1.00 rewards for free to enjoy. With crossplay, you'll be able to connect with friends regardless of the platform. Cross progression lets you carry over the save between platforms. Ubisoft says that all the games game progression is saved within Ubisoft Connect, so you won't lose a step when changing from console or switch to PC. Why have they made Switch separate from console? Because Switch is a console, but anyway. Immortals Phoenix Rising will be the, among the first round of games to support this. I, as I said, I'm all good for this. I really I really agree. I think it's spot on. Um, it's something that we should be doing um, going forward. We've all got multiple platforms we play uh, games on. I'm a PC and Switch player. And that's as simple as that. We we should be supporting these multiple platforms because it makes sense. As simple as that. So... Even though Ubisoft are one of those companies you, you shouldn't like, I've got a real, I've got a real love for Ubisoft and some of their games. I genuinely do, um, but that's just me. So Ubisoft Connect is coming. I do wonder if it will replace the app, as I said. But you know, lo- would love to know your thoughts and feelings if you think you know this further cross progression between platforms is a good thing. So I had tried to keep the story, the news, short and sweet in this episode, and. Um, I just spun round. Um, I, mean, I don't know why I'm telling you this, but I literally spun round and thought my cat was behind me, just staring at me. But anyway, um, but I found some more news that I want to talk about. So if anybody doesn't know, this ties into what I was also going to announce. Pokemon's new Crown Tundra releases on Friday. So if you're listening to this, uh, we're going to be doing a stream over at twitch.tv slash thatchapzap where we are going to be trying to give away eggs with the possibility of them being shiny. Uh, got me and um, someone else I know in a twitter uh dm chat conversation where we're going to be breeding uh halloween themed halloween month as i said halloween themed pokemon in celebration for uh the event we've got ghastlies and duskulls uh and hopefully one of them will be shiny we're gonna i'm gonna trade them with people so come along if you want to uh jump in on that it's you know going to be a lot of fun crown tundra officially releases tomorrow or you know friday depending on your time zone but we've got pokemon sword and shield new details and footage for the crown tundra i'm quite excited about this one because we get a lot more pokemon back you know it, it looks like we're getting probably another 100 120 something like that a few outlets have started to come forward with previews of the crown tundra as we know released for pokemon sword and shield i through this i'm not going to constantly say Pokemon Sword and Shield, because that winds me up. It's, it's as bad as Apple. When Apple go, here is iPad Pro, and then they say iPad Pro 27,000, or this is the new iPhone. This is iPhone 12. This is iPhone 12. We we understand it's iPhone bloody 12. You haven't got to keep saying, this is iPhone 12. It has one of the best cameras. iPhone 12. No, I'm not going to keep repeating Pokemon Sword and Shield every time I talk about it. I just realized I went on a full-blown rant about Apple in the middle of a Nintendo podcast. Anyway, you know, anything to fill the gaps. Not really, not really, not really. Anyway, um, let's go over this. So thanks to that, thanks to this, we have some more footage and a bunch of new details. Uh, Here's a full roundup. More story-centric than the Isle of Armour. 
that's not difficult. Let's be honest. The Isle of Armour story was very disappointing. Um, it was all right. I mean, it was a martial arts theme style thing, which is cool for me, who runs a martial arts school. Um, but it was a bit kind of like, oh, is that it? Sort of thing. And I never did The Last Tower. Never did it. Managed to get Urshifu in a very strange way, but never did The Last Tower. Never did it. Anyway, so my towers are untouched, if you like. Uh, start out uh, an adventure with um, Peony, a former Galian, Gala gym leader, as you learn about Dynamax adventures and work to uncover the mysteries of a new legendary Pokemon, Calyrex, and its influence on the area. Um, Calyrex looks pretty cool, um, I have to say. The new Dynamax adventures, it looks kind of interesting as well. Uh, I think they've confirmed this is about four to six hours, which I think is the same as the Isle of Armour. Um, so there we are. Also, um, have a mission learning about and battling the Galarian versions of the legendary bird trio from the first gen games, Arctuno, 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 whatever, Zapdos and Moltres. I'm hoping you can import the other ones because I've got a shiny um, Zapdos sitting in Pokemon Home ready to come in. I really want to bring that in um, because, you know, it's cool. Um, can access the Crown Tundra as soon as you reach Wedgehurst in Sword and Shield's main story. Uh, that's cool. Um, so as soon as you get to Wedgehurst, which is like fairly early on, um, you can jump straight in. Once you've traveled to Count Tundra, Count. Once you've, <laughs> once you've traveled to Crown Tundra, your Pokédex updates with additional creatures found in the area, and you meet Peony. Peony is gearing up for an expedition into the Pokemon dens to find legendary Pokemon and hidden Galar from the Galala region. Travel to the town of Freezington, located in the west of the Crown Tundra. I think Pokemon, I think Game Freak are running out of names for towns. It's hilarious. They're going to have all these really funky names for Pokemon, but Freezington is the town name. We're after Freezington, children. What is that about? Seriously, Freezington. I want to know what English place that's based on. Anyway, um, Assassin's Creed is based in Norfolk. That's cool. Anyway, I had to throw that in. There you encounter Calyrex. The footage cuts out, but Pioni comes running out and says he's heard a, ba heard, uh, heard a battle. Calyrex wastes little time possessing Pioni and speaking through him and setting the player up for a quest surrounding a new legendary monster. Second adventure focuses on the Galarian forms of the legendary burst birds. Bursts. English, hard. The quest is called The Legendary Tree of a Legendary Three, right? It begins with a cutscene around a giant pink tree because, yeah. Moltre is this the magic roundabout? Moltres and Zapdos break into a fight, but Arturo crashes the party. Before long, they realize you're watching and they disperse to three different parts of the Crown Tundra. You encounter the legendary trio, similar to how you encounter the legendary dogs in the Johto region. You need to go on your bike and try to encounter the legendary birds. The Crown Tundra is structured like one giant area. That's really cool. I like that because I think the wild area is the best parts of Sword and Shield. Snowy Mountain, vast fields and wild caverns uh, can camp all across the area. Galarian Snow King is has an ability called Curious Medicine, which removes stat changing from all allies when it enters the battlefield. That's kind of cool. Um, the, in Dynamax Adventures, you, you'll team up with three other trainers as you work through the branching paths of the Max Raid battle using Pokemon you borrow from the Expedition team. So you can't take your own team in, you have to borrow them. After you win a Max Raid battle, you choose whether you want to swap your borrowed Pokemon out for the one you just caught or carry on. 
So essentially, I think it's the best way to summarize that section of the game is you go in with a borrowed team and if you capture a Pokemon, you then swap it in. It's cool. Some paths give you encounters with other characters like a scientist who can swap out your tired Pokemon for a fresh one. If four Pokemon are knocked out, the course of the Dynamax adventure, the trainers are kicked out and must start over again. I like that. Gives a bit of challenge to it. If you're successful in your expedition, you can choose one of the Pokemon from your adventure to keep. You can also acquire several items, such as the ability patch. This new item changes the Pokemon's existence ability to rare ability. It's good. Uh, it's going to be really good and competitive. Once you compete, complete the story of Bork, uh, Pork and Shield, <laughs> Pokemon Sword and Shield, the Isle of Armor and a Crown Tundra, a new post-game challenge unlocks in the main game. Leon issues, issues you issues a gym challenge to all gym leaders in the Gala region to combine their powers to become the more formidable foes for, for would-be champions. The Galarian Star Tournament is born. That was really difficult for me to say. The hardest challenge, and this is apparently the hardest challenge in Sword and Shield to date. Players team up with other trainers they encounter across the course of their journey to take on gym leaders and duos, and as well as other skilled trainers they've encountered on the journey, including Hop and Mustard. So there we go. It's out on the 22nd. It's late. I think it's, like I say, it's the 23rd in the UK. I haven't played it. I should have said right here that this is kind of like a bit of a spoiler thing at the beginning of this um but these are just you know these whether these are true or not is another thing but it looks good it's nice to see returning pokemon i hope we can not only capture these legendary pokemon and they're not shiny locks but also bring in the legendary pokemon if we've got them in home into pokemon sword and shield because that's going to be kind of cool um and give us go with a home as well because i've got lots of go pokemon to get transferred uh however that will be so that's pokemon sword and shields crown tundra update i will like to also add on the nintendo beyond nintendo youtube channel which is slowly being set up we do have um my first set of videos going live my plan is to get my first one done live for friday if not, it'll be Monday, and it's my first Pokemon challenge ever. Watch out for the video to go live. Go subscribe to the channel. That'd be really great, and you'll be able to see what I get up to in my first Pokemon challenge. It's a different challenge altogether, but I won't explain too much, um, but I'm quite glad that I've done something a little bit different. Also, as I said, twitch.tv slash thatchapzap. Come for some eggs, if you like. Halloween-themed eggs, and hopefully you get a shiny. So... That's the Crown Tundra, and also give you my thoughts and feelings next week once we get there. To round out the news, I wanted to go with Luigi is a playable character in Super Mario Bros. 35 with a secret controller input. The release of the state, uh, the release of the state of the month. No, the release of the start of the month, and it's every bit hectic, dangerous, casually ultra murderous Nintendo Battle Royale experience people were expect expecting, and even if not even more so, 35 Mario's are running, jumping for their lives, and to be the last one standing, raising a lot of questions about the morality of of interacting across alternate dimensions. However, it turns out that also Luigi is a playable character in Super Mario Bros. 35. I didn't know this. This is really cool. If you did it right, if you do the right button input and are seemingly at a certain star rank, Twitter user uh, Kobotron Robot seems to be the first to discover the playable Luigi in Super Mario Bros. 35. What I want to know is what makes a person tick to just press buttons at a certain point. That's what I want to know. The inquisitive nature of humans is incredible. 
and I want to, I, I, I never understand it. According to the user, you have to hold down the L button before you start a match, though the exact moment when it occurs isn't cleared. So it says, say, just hold down the L button indefinitely till the match begins. Additionally, there's a speculation that you need to be at star rank level 100 plus for the change to Luigi in Super Mario Bros. 35 to work. So there you go. There is a video uh, from, from the guy's Twitter, which is cool. He's holding down the L button at the start. I'm not rank 100 plus, so I may give this a go to see what happens. Uh, see if I can play as Luigi. Really, really cool. Really, really cool um, that Nintendo have put this in. Excellent. So there we go. That's the news. Let's move on. So, as I said, we've got a bit of a interactive review for the Mario Kart Home Live Circuit, and this is from Dar. Uh, sorry, Barry Daniel's son Casey. Uh, thank you very much. He sent me a DM over on Facebook. I really appreciate it. I don't have the product to hand, so I'm taking his word as. Um, the review if you like so this review is down to him on on how he feels so i'd love to know if you've got any opinions or different opinions to what is said here i'll try and read it verbatim but i may mess up in places english isn't my strongest language even though it's my native language so the message goes on like this setting up races is simple just make cardboard gates and set them around the room in order one to four the take, then take the car for a drive through the gate, drawing your track. I'd personally advise buying smaller cones to mark the sides of your track, as in games road can get distracting. So I turn that, so that, so I turn that off. It's a good thing that they added this option. You start with 50 cc and then 100 cc, and you'll earn trophies to unlock 150 and 200. My first thought with 50cc was it was a little bit slow, but once you try 100, it, it does feel much, much better. 50cc, or um, I think it's 100cc in Mario 8, feels really slow. It is. It feels like you're just snails. Um, the action on screen seems so much faster than what's going on in carts in real life. Even after unlocking 150cc and 200, I found myself using 100cc most as 150 and 200 way too fast for my track design. I suppose it also depends on how much room you have. Um, if you are struggling for space and you're doing a 150cc sort of track, it's kind of crazy. What I think is incredible is that the cart that you're controlling, the, the, the RC car, knows what mode you're choosing. That's really cool. And I think that's a clever piece of technology that the game is talking to the car and saying, look, we're playing 150cc, we're going to peg it on this one. Um, I would say if I did set up a ramp, uh, sorry, I would say if I did set up without a ramp and a wider roads, 150cc, 150cc to 200 would be great, as I said. The sensor speed on the settings is real fast and even carts in your own room from 50cc to 200cc um, there's a big difference. And you can play time trials and Grand Prix. Grand Prix is much like every uh, Mario Kart. You earn trophies, coins to unlock new kart designs, radio station, horns, etc. So you've seen the videos where they're driving around in different carts. Obviously, you only get the Mario and Lee, Luigi boxes. I, I reckon they'll bring out different carts for different characters, but you can get different carts in-game for your characters. Um, goes on to say the Grand Prix racing is where the fun and is is racing against um, the Cooper kid. It's fun to see all the things happening around your house. The AI characters all play as they would normally in a Mario Kart game. 
When you hit the shell, your physical cut actually stops or slows to a crawl. Picking up stars or mushrooms speeds your physical cut up. It's all very clever. Each cardboard gate you drive through is scanned with a camera while racing, depending on what race you are, um, you are on different skins, will be attached to the gates on your screen to make the race look like real Mario Kart. Even as far as ice blocks on the track, Goombas, coins, etc., item boxes are picked up by passing through gates. The game, it does a clever job of adding the level effects in, which actually blow, and so actual wind blows the car about. That's really clever. So I'm guessing it's got like a sensor when you go through the gate and it'll be like wind and it'll blow it around. Very clever stuff. Um... So it goes on to say that to rain effects, you also have rain effects that seem to make your car slippy. Every Grand Prix Cup has three races consisting of five laps, uh, all with their own level design that show up on the screen and found it a very clever and fun way to mess about with. Multiplayer is also fun, but as it is expensive as you need to buy the other £100 set. Didn't realise that, so you will need both. So if you want to play two-player around the house, you're going to have to be spending £200 for that one. And another Switch console to run the second cart. So there's that consideration. So you not only would you need two... So let's work this out. If you wanted to buy your children the Mario Kart Home Live Circuit for Christmas and you have one Nintendo Switch, you'd have to spend £200 on the Mario Kart Home Live Circuit for Mario and Luigi. You then have to spend another £280 on a Nintendo Switch. So you're, you're £500 in a hole before you can even play. Mental. In my opinion, £100 for the cart and the gate seems a lot. You do get a free download of the game too, which in the, uh, in a way you're paying for the 100 as the game is useless without a cart. Overall, I think the games are great fun for families to have fun together. How I'm not sure how long the fun will last with most people as setting, setting up the tracks might put people off. But I found that fun. One last thing is charging the cars using USB-C chargers. Great, it's USB-C, which means you've only got to take one cable around. And the cart lasts one and a half to two hours on a full charge running at 100cc. So faster speeds would get, you know, change change the battery life. Um, he did give a score, but there was also another comment that came through. Just to mention something I found out about the game, it doesn't run off ho your, your home Wi-Fi. It runs local wireless from your Switch. You should keep a good connection as long as the cart is within 30 feet. Walls and big objects can cause lags, which they hadn't. this person had noticed. Um... They gave it a 7.5 out of 10, and I'd love to know if you agree with that. The reason, again, this one's more of a user review because I don't have the product. I can't sit here and say it's this good because I don't have £100 to spend on cardboard and a, and a Razor Remote Control car. My first initial impressions is it is cardboard. And that's cardboard that could get damaged, lost. You don't know what sensors are in, if there's any kind of sensors in the cardboard. But on top of that, if you damage them or they get lost or they get chewed by an animal, will it work with other, do you know what I mean, other kind of cardboard? Can you make your own bridges to replace them? I don't think you can. But Barry there has given it a 7.5 out of 10. Do you agree? I'd love to know your thoughts and feelings on Mario Kart Home Live Circuit. I think it's a clever invention by Nintendo, and Nintendo have got a habit of basically just throwing a curveball out of nowhere and doing something like Labo, um, you know, and there's more. There is more that they've done, and, uh, you know, it's a clever way of doing things, but is the, all the cardboard needed? That's kind of what I'm getting at. It's £100 for a, a cart and cardboard and a free downloadable game, which isn't free because you need to pay £100 to, to play it. So 
there we are. I don't know even if you can access it, actually. And I managed to answer the question myself. Yes, you can download the game or the app for Mario Kart Home Live Circuit, but I very much doubt you can do a lot with it without the cart and the tracks or the bridges. So, yeah, I'll, I'll report on that one when it downloads to let you all know what exactly is going on with that. And that is it for the midweek show. I really appreciate everyone who's joined me downloading the show and all those good things. I'm really thankful. Um, just incredible. I really, really do appreciate your time to listening to some pleb, British pleb, sit here, rant about things that pr- probably he has no opinion on ranting about. Um, you can check out all the new stories that we've spoken about in the description of the podcast. You can download this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or where you get your podcast from. Or you can head over to Anchor. You can download the Anchor app on the Google Play Store or the Apple App Store, and you can download it, favorite the podcast, and then leave me a voice memo. You leave me a voice memo, I'll play it on the show, ask me some questions, shout at me on Twitter at Tendo. I'm here to be shouted at. Get in touch with me on Google or Google Mail or Gmail, as it's called by the cool kids. Head over there, send me an email if you want to ask me a question or two. It's uh, beyond Nintendo Podcast at gmail.com. Head over to Instagram, beyond Nintendo, even TikTok. Yes, even a TikTok, beyond Nintendo. I don't post much on there, just show previews. But there we are. That's the show. Thank you again, everyone who subscribed and downloaded it. Please do leave me a review as well. Um, I need to improve the intro. The intro of the show needs to be improved. I seem to have got the outro sorted, but let me know how I should improve it. And maybe, just maybe, I'll do a Twitter questions this week. Until the weekend, we'll see you all soon. Bye-bye.